sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Thursday was a day without Major League Baseball for the first time since Major League Baseball started back up in July. And I didn't like it very much. So I'm happy that tonight, Game 3 of the World Series will be played arguably as good as a pitching matchup as you could possibly ask for in the World Series. This is Fantasy Sports Today, our second hour of our two-hour show. And here at the top of the hour, it's Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia, as we're breaking it all down for you, Joe. And I got to tell you, I don't think that Game 3 is going to make or break the series at all. We know this thing is probably going <laughs> six or seven games at the very least. But the pitching matchup is tantalizing. You have Bueller on one side, Morton on the other side. You probably have both of these guys throwing a minimum of five or six innings in this game. And so arguably the best pitching matchup, I think, going in. We don't know what will happen, but going in, I think that's where we're at. No, going in, it sounds great. I mean, Walker Bueller had a pretty good start his last time out. We all know what Charlie Morton did in that uh, huge Game 7. The guy was fantastic, and Charlie Morton has been brilliant, basically, the last two years since coming over uh, from Houston. And uh, he was brilliant in Houston before he got over there, which means since it's 2020, it'll probably be, what, like a 10-8 game when all said and done. But Could theoretically, be. at least, yes, this should be a really fun pitching matchup for at least the first five innings or so. And then, like all baseball games at this point in time, Probably going to be a lot of a bullpen, probably around the sixth inning. You'll probably start seeing those guys start to filter in, right? If you had to pick who's going longer in this game, would it be Bueller or Morton? I would say Bueller. I would say Bueller. Mm. Cash is, has a quick hook with everyone, except for Glass now mm. for whatever reason. I was going to say, with except one guy. <laughs> yeah, with him. But but Morton, Morton is a guy that they like to pull after third time through or close to third time through. So I think that there's a chance of that. And by the way, Tampa Bay's bullpen is stellar. So I, I could see them doing it. He did it with Morton in Game 7 last week. I could see that happening again. That's where we'll begin. It is Game 3 tonight in the World Series, and they're tied up at 1. And it's the best thing going, I think, this weekend, too, at least Friday and Saturday, that's for sure. Uh, also, in terms of college football this weekend, T.J. Finley is going to make his first start for LSU. Miles Brennan is out with an injury, and LSU has not looked like the same team as last year, and they shouldn't. They lost their coordinator. They lost their coach. They lost their receiver. They lost their running back. So, yeah, so LSU is not as good. Not a shock. Uh, okay, Big Ten is back tonight. Our producer, Brett Levy, Likes Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, or Wisconsin. Which one was it? I forget. But Wisconsin plays Illinois tonight. They'll kick off the Big Ten season. Full Big Ten slate tomorrow. Justin Fields, Ohio State. Everybody is back. And we'll have a great Michigan-Ohio State matchup coming up soon as well. Bubba Wallace announced his new NASCAR team name. It's going to be 2311 Racing. They're splitting it between him and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, 23. Bubba Wallace, 11. It's their new team. They start racing in NASCAR very soon. And look, uh, it's not a sports story, but the Borat movie does look pretty good. I got to say, I've seen a lot of clips here. Borat's subsequent movie film is now streaming. The only problem I have with this is the fact that because it's streaming, everybody is recording the clips and posting them on Twitter, on YouTube. I can't get away from it. I'm going to have to watch the movie tonight, Joe, or else it's going to get ruined for me. So that is on my schedule for sure this weekend. Oh, it is number one on my schedule tonight. Uh, I, World Series, I love you, but it's Borat tonight for me. And then I'll see what's going on here. My, uh, you know, I'm assuming that the World Series will still be going on well after Borat. 
I think we've learned about the pace of baseball games sometimes, especially with all the commercials in a World Series game. So I think it'll be okay. I think I can squeeze in the two-hour bull rat and still get a good hour and a half at least of the Major League Baseball World Series. But I am so looking forward to this. I need a laugh. I think America needs a laugh. I think the world needs a laugh after 2020. And I hope Sasha Baron Cohen delivers. I'm assuming he will, because you're right. The clips look fantastic, and we've seen some controversial ones too. Yeah. And and I can't – I don't know if there's a guy – who has more stones, who has more courage as a comedian right now than this guy. Because some of the things that he does, the places he puts himself in potential danger, it's unbelievable. Like I, I just watch this guy in awe sometimes, Craig, about what this guy is willing to do to get a laugh and also to, let's face it, expose some folks for some things. And uh, that's uh, that's some brave comedy right there, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, no, for me too. I, I think that when I look at it, and specifically, look, I, I thought Joe uh, Borat's first movie was fantastic. Oh. And what made it so great is because, you know, at least for me, I used to watch the uh, the Ali G show Ali on G, HBO. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I was very familiar with his character. And when they decided to make a movie about it, it was so great. I had Sasha Baron Cohen at the very top of my list among comedians, uh, among movies that I saw, comedies that I saw. But I got to tell you, as good as Borat was, I did not like Bruno at all. I thought Bruno was just Bruno just, had some. Uh, like, Bruno was tough. It had and funny Bruno moments, had a couple but it was moments. just he went over the, the top with that one. Like he it was did. Just all raunchy. It just it didn't was. resonate well, the, with me. The, the, the child casting thing for the film, that, that was one of the most dangerous and hilarious things I've ever seen. Like what these parents were willing to do for their kids to get in the That's movie. Yeah. That was an amazing clip. I will say this, though. Let's not forget about Jean Gerard in Talladega Nights. That is a fantastic performance as well. That's right. I should bring it back up a little bit. I love crepes. Say it, Ricky Bobby. Say it. Yeah, uh, that, that's been on TV the last uh, couple of days. I've noticed as well. Still so, a classic. Uh, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to, we'll have uh, audio from Kevin Cash for you coming up a little bit later in the show. He talks about Charlie Morton, and we'll preview that game uh, in about twenty minutes from now. So stay tuned to that. We'll have some World Series preview. We'll also hear from Walker Bueller. Uh, but coming up next, we got to get to Jim Sanis because he's been great all season long. Last week he was not. He says it. I said it. We both stunk. Uh, but we'll try to get back on the horse this week. I think he has some good options for you, so make sure you stay tuned to that. Also, follow us on Twitter, very important, at SportsGrid. All our great social media work that we do here, you can see all the clips, different things that we do throughout the week. We post them for you there. So if your time is consumed with only five or ten minutes of us here on SportsGrid, make sure you create an account over at Twitter and follow us. We'll be right back with Jim Stannis and DFF Preview. Don't go sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com and welcome back to fantasy sports today one of the great things we do here on fst is check in each and every friday with jim sanis who you can follow on twitter at jim sanis and of course his great work over at number fire helping you make the right decisions to try and win some money in daily fantasy sports and it has been tough this season trying to find the right guys making sure they're going to play injuries covid everything else we're doing our best six weeks jim has been with us here on the show i feel like four or five weeks have done really well with the picks uh, but last week, Jim, for me personally, was one of those $5 down weeks for me. I, I, I feel like that. Honestly, Jim, I feel like last week was the first time 
I knew within about 30 or 40 minutes into the game <laughs> that I was not going to uh, that I was not going to cash. I've, I've, I've been in it every week up until the end. Yeah. But I just made the wrong calls last week. And, and that's going to happen. I wish it were just five bucks at my end, too. I'll say <laughs> I'll put it that way. It was not great. Didn't have enough Derrick Henry. I had too much of literally everyone else. So it was uh, my worst week of the season so far. But, Craig, I think that means there's nowhere to go but up. Can we put it All that right. way? Yeah, no, I, okay. I like that. I like that. I definitely do. I, I treat that usually in the super contest. When I have a yes. bad week in the super contest, I feel like i got to bounce back, too. So, okay, let's get back on the horse this week. Let's run through the quarterbacks. Here is the pricing over on FanDuel. We have Patrick Mahomes at 9000 at Denver. Josh Allen with that juicy, tasty, luscious matchup at the Jets, 8,800. How long will he play in that game? I guess he got him. Even the Dolphins are sitting there quarterbacks late in games. Who knows with Buffalo? Russell Wilson, 8,700 after the bye at Arizona. Kyler Murray on the flip side in that game, 8,400. Boy, Aaron Rodgers, a shocking performance last week. He is 8,100. Deshaun Watson is 8,000. Uh, we have Matt Ryan of Atlanta, 7,800. And then we'll stop with Drew Brees at $7,700, Jim. And so I know a lot of times we like to pair players and stack players, and I suppose we'll get to that when we talk about running backs and wide receivers. But let's focus here on quarterbacks for a minute because we've seen some up and down performances from some. We've seen some surprise, some disappoint. What are we looking for this week? Consistency, high end, low end, where are we going? We want shootouts. And I think the good thing about this slate is that there are shootouts available. There are three games with a total of 54 or higher for this weekend. Every single quarterback in those three games is viable. You got Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson versus Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers against Deshaun Watson, and then Matthew Stafford against Matt Ryan. And that's a pretty fun game if you want to save some salary at quarterback. And I kind of do because every running back is that is high salary is pretty fun this week. Every wide receiver, uh, all the stud receivers are on this slate. So I think there is incentive to spend down at quarterback. If Marvin Jones plays, I think that Matthew Stafford at $7,300 is a pretty good low salary quarterback. Matt Ryan is 78 in that exact same game. I don't hate that either. So those two guys from the low salary range do stand out to me. And the upper range, it's between Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson. I want guys who can run the football and be efficient as passers. And all three guys do check those boxes. To me, I think that Kyler has a slight edge. I like the matchup with Seattle quite a bit. I love the rushing volume he's put up so far this year so I think if I had to pick right now Craig I'd probably lean towards Kyler Murray on the top end but the good thing is you've got choices I think all six of those quarterbacks are very much in play and they're probably want where I want to stick for the most part just because I want quarterbacks in competitive games as opposed to guys in the games like Josh Allen will have where the right. bills will roll in the first half but then like you said maybe not play all that much in the second half yeah, and it's interesting that you point out Murray because in Murray's worst passing game of the season, which was against Dallas, he's still running. He's still yeah. rushing for touchdowns. And we're even seeing that with Lamar Jackson, too. I know that they're not putting up the biggest fantasy seasons, but if you factor in some of the rushing touchdowns, they're kind of saving you in the sense. And, of course, they're saving you on FanDuel as well. All right, let's move on to running backs this week. We'll start off with Zeke Elliott, who is 9,500, looking for some redemption, no doubt, after Fumbalooski on Monday night. 9,500 at Washington. Alvin Kamara is usually a you know, plug-and-play every week in our in our season-long leagues, Jim. He's 9,300 against Carolina. Derrick Henry, 8,900 after the 200-yard game. Curious your thoughts on him against Pittsburgh. We have Aaron Jones against the worst defense I've seen in the NFL in a long time in Houston. 8,500 there. Mike Davis, this could be his final week getting all of the carries at New Orleans. He is 7,700. Chris Carson is 7,600. 
And then uh, we'll list Joe Mixon here at 7,400, Jim, but clearly he is questionable going into the weekend. So those of you who are looking at his name and jumping on Mixon, beware a little bit. Catch your practice reports Friday. See what's going on on Saturday before you put him in your fantasy lineups. Okay, so let's attack the running back position. Jim, who do you like this week? I think there are two standouts to me this week. Those are Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. Kamara at the top end, like you mentioned, he's kind of a plug-and-play guy in every situation, but this is also the best matchup a running back could possibly have. Facing the Panthers, just put Kawan short on injured reserve, so it's going to have a lot of rushing room for Alvin Kamara, and now Michael Thomas is banged up too, which could push additional targets over Kamara's way. So for cash games and for tournaments, I want to build around Kamara, but I also think that Kareem Hunt is a really solid number too. He hasn't done a whole a lot in his two games with no Nick Chubb, but also you have to remember really tough matchups in both those games. The first one against Indy, the second one coming against the Steelers, but now he faces the Bengals. And we saw the what the Browns did on the ground against the Bengals earlier this year, where both Hunt and Nick Chubb went bananas. Now it's all going to Hunt. So $7,100, I would say once you consider the salary, he's the number one running back on the board for me, followed by Kamara number two, despite the high salary tag. After that, it gets a little bit interesting. I think that Aaron Jones against that bad Houston defense you alluded to would probably be number three for me. But I think the guys like Chris Carson and Mike Davis also in that discussion, but they're all fighting for third. For me, this slate centers around Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara. All right. Now, wide receiver is is very intriguing this week to me because you mentioned there are some really high totals. And so I want to dive a little bit deeper in here. Of course, most people are using several wide receivers over on FanDuel. We have Hopkins at 9,000 with Seattle at Arizona. He's got a questionable tag, too. Just keep that in mind. Devontae Adams, 8,900 at Houston. Quiet game for him. Another injury possibility with Michael Thomas. So certainly we're going to have to check Friday's injury report there, too. 8,600 for Michael Thomas. Calvin Ridley, 8,400. Julio Jones, 8,300 in that matchup that you mentioned earlier against Detroit. Tyreek Hill at altitude in Denver is 8,000. Amari Cooper, at least for one week, looked matchup proof or quarterback proof, I guess is the better <laughs> word, as Andy Dalton led his way to throw a late touchdown to Cooper to salvage his day. Kenny Galladay is back and playing well. He's 7,600. Stephon Diggs has also had a really underrated season for Buffalo at 7,500, and John Brown has had his issues staying healthy. So uh, where are we going this week at wide receiver? Is it a Stafford? Maybe a Stafford Galladay stack. Is it a Ryan Julio slash Ridley stack? Seems like that's the game that you're focused in on a little bit here, Jim. I like that game a lot. I think that all those guys are definitely intriguing. But if I were to pick one wide receiver who stands out relative to salary, give me DK Metcalf at $7,300. I know he'll face Patrick Peterson on Sunday, but I honestly don't care about DK Metcalf from a matchup perspective because he's amazing. Uh, He's had at least 92 receiving yards in all five games so far this year. He gets overall targets. He gets deep targets. Hasn't gotten a lot of red zone work so far this year, but with that body, we know that can happen. So I would say DK Metcalf, if I had to pick one receiver relative to salary, I'm going to pick him. I would say among the studs outside of him, I would say Devontae Adams would be number two for me, followed by Calvin Ridley and then Julio Jones. Tyler Lockett up there too, and if you decide to use Julio or Calvin Ridley, I think that Kenny Galladay becomes really attractive as a bring back option within that exact same game. If you want some value wide receiver, which I will need if I want to get to guys like Kamara and like Kareem Hunt, I think that T. Higgins and Brandon Cooks are the two standouts. Higgins facing the Browns, that defense has been really bad so far this year and Higgins has been getting a lot of downfield work hard for me to pass that up and then as far as Brandon Cooks goes shootout game against Green Bay 
We'll also likely see Will Fuller get a bit more Jair Alexander than Cooks will see, which should push a couple extra targets towards Cooks' direction. And we've seen him blow up so far already this year. So I think that if you want some lower salary guys, Higgins and Cooks are the standouts to me. But among all the wide receivers, once you consider the salaries, I think DK Metcalf is just a star who I will not turn down. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I'm I'm playing. I've I've scaled myself down this year, Jim, to play in two season long leagues, and I have Metcalf in both. Yeah, I lost both games last week. Oh no, <laughs> week. I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better about that. Okay, so before we go, uh, as I always do when I hang up with you, I go on to FanDuel, I set my lineup, give me the couple names in my one five dollar lineup that I have to have this week. Give me a couple, just two or three. I think you start with Kamara and Hunt and then build from there. And I would try to get exposure to that Seattle-Arizona game. I think if I had to pick one game, that's probably my favorite. So I would say lock in Kamara, lock in Kareem Hunt, and then pick your favorite receivers from that game. If you want a lower salary guy, Christian Kirk, but Metcalf would be my number one pick there. All right. Thanks so much, Jim, for coming on. As always, have a great week, and we'll catch up again next week. Thank you, Craig. Good luck in the contest. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks so much, Jim Sanis. Follow him on Twitter at Jim Sanis. Catch his work at Number Fire. And we'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. As always, each and every Friday, we take a look at the Las Vegas Super Contest. The lines come out on Wednesday. Howard Bender and I take a look at our early leans on the Wager Alarm live stream. And then, of course, we talk about some of the games here. We make our official picks on Saturday. Howard Bender, you can follow him on Twitter, at RotoBuzzGuy. And he joins me now to go over all of the games on Sunday and Monday. Hey, Howard, how was your week? Not bad. Not bad at all, Craig. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Looking forward to the weekend. So let's get right into it here. And we saw a ton of unders this past week and a ton of close games. (laughs) And guess what? The dogs finally barked this past week. You and I actually didn't really go with a lot of underdogs for the first time, I think, in six weeks. We ended up going three and two. Let's catch people up. We started off three and oh, fantastic picks across the board. Steelers, Lions, we're winning every game. And then Green Bay let us down. And then Dallas let us down in a very big way. We've sworn off Dallas, I think, seven different times already over the last three years. We're going to do it again. Let's make it eight. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's make it eight. Indeed. All right. So uh, we're back in the super contest. We're one week away from being in contention, one four and oh, or five and or four and one or five and one record. Let's give you a look at what some of the early games look like on the Westgate Super Contest. Okay, start off 1 o'clock Eastern. The Bengals are at home. They are getting three points against the Browns, who got shelled by the Steelers this past week. Uh, We got Dallas taking on the Washington football team. In fact, Washington is now minus one. But at the Super Contest right now, it is a pick And these lines do lock on Wednesday. They do not change. We also have the Falcons taking on the Lions. Falcons are at home. Lions are getting two and a half. And we'll close this conversation out with the Saints taking on the Panthers. Pretty solid seven and a half. It seems right now most of the lines, even on FanDuel right now, are saying seven and a half. So uh, first four games on the board, Howard, let's touch on any anyone in particular that, that kind of caught your eye this week. Uh, the two out of this four that caught my eye, I like the Browns laying the points. I think that the, uh, that the Bengals are only a three-point dog at home, really just... 
uh, is an indictment and overreaction to the Browns just getting shelled by Pittsburgh, I think. Um, you know, I, I think they go back to the ground game heavily uh, with Kareem Hunt. We might even see some Dearness Johnson here. Uh, that was the game plan that won against the, the Bengals earlier in the season. That's the game plan that they're going to have to do now. Uh, the other one that I like, I kind of like the Lions as a two and a half point dog yeah. uh, to the Falcons. You know, I think that uh, the, Dolph- the, uh, the Lions really righted the ship last week. Granted, it was against Jacksonville, but... I don't. I don't think that, uh, that that we're looking at a good defense here for Atlanta still. And while their offense might be humming and might be able to put up some points, I just don't see them stopping uh, Galladay uh, and Matthew Stafford. Yeah, and look, this is a key game for the Lions. I think for belief purposes, if the Lions win this, you start to think, okay, like they're not as horrible as they normally are. So I, I think that's the case. I think we'll probably be in on that game together this week for sure. Saints-Panthers, ah, tough to call. Yeah. All right, now let's take a look at the next four games on the slate. We've got Buffalo visiting the New York Jets, and take right the now they're laying 13. <laughs> Could be 14 <laughs> by kickoff, that's for sure. Packers are laying 3.5 at the Houston Texans. Texans getting 3.5 there. Very intriguing spot here for Seattle coming off a bye as they're taking on the Cardinals and laying three and a half. I've seen some varying opinions on this game significantly. And the Patriots are at home, and they're two-point two favorites, excuse me, against the 49ers, although in most places right now, New England is minus two and a half. So I guess the question we start with here, Howard, is that the Jets are 0-6 and 0-6 against the spread. The the general thought in wagering is that you, you start to go with the team that isn't covering because eventually they are. But I don't, I don't know how you can back the Jets. Especially, unless Darnold is playing, I simply can't do it. I, I can't do it either. I'm a diehard Jets fan. I've always been a diehard Jets fan. I look at them through uh, probably some rose-colored glasses at times, but overall, like negative rose-colored glasses, though, at that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, listen, I just I think Buffalo needs to right the ship, and I think that the Jets become the slump buster for Josh Allen and company, uh, and they take a beating there. I don't So, so that's the way I would lean there. Uh, Packers, Texans, Texans, that could be a really close one. You know, we saw that back and forth with Tennessee and Houston last week, so it could stay fairly close. I like getting that extra hook, uh, especially with Goskowski as their kicker. I know that he struggled in week one, but he's been fairly solid uh, the rest of the way. And I'm not going up against Russell Wilson. Uh, not yeah. against these Cardinals. I think We've the Cardinals are a bit of a fraud. Yeah. Hey, hey, what was the last time New England lost two home games in a row? I'm, I, I don't know. I still don't want to touch that game. No. They just, they, I mean, I get that they didn't have, they, they only practiced twice in two weeks, uh, but I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, two weeks to prep for, for Denver and you still can't score on I them. Know. I know. Oh. And Denver and Denver, how about, how about Denver kicking six field goals? Make one of those a touchdown. What's the final score? It's ugly. So yeah, that's, it was a, it was a strange outcome there for sure. All right. So speaking of uh, Denver, let's, te- let's touch on three more games here. Then we'll do Sunday night and Monday night. We got the chiefs taking on the Broncos in Denver. They are laying nine and a half at mile high Buccaneers against the Raiders bucks right now are a three and a half point favorite at the Westgate. The line is now four at Las Vegas. And then the Titans taking on the Steelers at home. It looks like here, if I'm not mistaken, okay, so let me get this straight. The Titans are a one-point favorite in the Westgate against the Steelers, but every book I see right now, Howard has the Steelers as favored against the Titans. So this line has completely flipped. Very interesting here. Would you you say that we should just go with the value and forget about the spread and take Pittsburgh? 
I'm looking at uh, at FanDuel Sportsbook, and I see that uh, that the Titans are minus one and a half. So are we getting any value here? I know that the Steelers have been really good to us, uh, but I just, you know, even against top defenses, I am having a lot of trouble counting out Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, so it's really interesting, that game. Um, in terms of the Raiders, I think we want to wait and see how their offensive line shakes up, and I know that they have COVID <laughs> issues potentially this week. Like every other team, and, and look, uh, look, Denver played really well last week. I'd be tempted to lay the wood here on Kansas City. I don't like Denver at all. I don't know how they came up with all the, those po- those field goals last week. And I and I hate laying big points, but I'm not a big Denver fan, so my lean would be Kansas City going into the weekend. All right, here is the final two games on the Westgate slate. They just simply go in order one through twenty-eight, and Team Twenty-Five is the Chargers and Howard. They are laying eight against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm seeing seven, seven and a half in some spots. And then the Monday Night Football game is the Rams taking on the Chicago Bears. The Rams are at home, and they're laying six points. I got to tell you, I am intrigued by taking the Bears against the Rams on Monday night. I feel like that is a lot of points. Beyond that, I really haven't had a good feel for the Chargers, and the Jaguars are not playing good football. In fact, I don't know, Howard. Can you make the case that there's a team playing worse than the Jaguars right now? No, I definitely can't. The only reason that I can't commit to the Chargers right now is because we've seen it before. Chargers, as a home favorite, especially uh, a favorite of this size, they always seem to let us down. I, yes. I mean, I know that they've got a decent <laughs> defense and stuff, but... You know, and listen, yeah, I'm with you. I, I can't stand with the way the Jags are playing right now. Uh, this is going to be a no bet for me. I, you know, the the Bears plus six. It's a lot of points for the Rams to give. I think. Um, you know, can we can we jump on the Nick Foles revenge game narrative here? Uh, that he gets to uh, face a, a former team of his and wants to show him up that uh, that they gave up on him too quickly. I don't know. Um, because the Bears, I mean, that's just a tough team to to have faith in. I know that they're five and one, but really, how strong of a five and one team is this? No, I, I don't think so. But at the end of the season, we're going to be looking at the Bears. They're going to have ten wins and say, "How did we get here?" And, and, <laughs> and eventually, we're we're going to have to say that. I think with them. Uh, okay, so let, let's go through this one more time and, and look at just our our leans here for the time being. In the early part of the games, Howard, some of the ones that we talked about, uh, Detroit as a possible lean, plus two and a half. I think we would agree there. We we may end up taking uh, Buffalo minus the points against the Jets. I think that's a possible second one for us. And beyond that, uh, it sounds like we may have a difference of opinion. I think you may like Tennessee and maybe I like Pittsburgh. I don't know. I feel like kind of, I feel, I feel, I don't know. I, I, I The way I, Pittsburgh looks too is just, that's a tough one to call. Yeah, it is a tough one to call. I, I like, I mean, I wish I could get that hook, you know, that, that half point hook right here um, on that one. I might like it a little bit better because I do think the Tennessee plays those close games. Um, you know, I mean, I I, 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 I could be sweet. I just, you know what it is? Big Ben doesn't look good. Um, he's thrown for under 240 yards in what, four out of five games that they've played right now. Um, and even though they put up 38 points, it was a strong ground game. I, I don't necessarily know if the Titans defense folds to them. But then again, they did to Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, tough calls across the board there. Uh, all right. Well, before we uh, wrap it up here, we we really don't have the opportunity to talk much fantasy because we spend so much time uh, talking about our picks at the Super Contest. By the way, you can see all the picks we make every week over at Wager alarm.com but but what would you assess as we are halfway through the fantasy football season right not through the regular season of the nfl but we are halfway through the fantasy football season at this point 
What is your assessment thus far this year? Was is it fun? Is it tough? Is it is is it worth the headache this year? Like I'm all over the map here. I'm th- I am in two leagues. I'm three and three. I mean both two two important <laughs> leagues. I'm three and three, and I feel like everybody kind of feels good and bad about their teams this year. We got about thirty seconds. Yeah, for you know what, from the analyst side, it's been stressful. A lot of people are panicking because of the COVID situation uh, and all of the injuries. That's been the biggest issue here. The running back position is trash. Uh, the the tight end position is absolute trash. You're not getting a, a good strong return invet- on your investment uh, for your top three or four picks right now. So it's a little bit more of a struggle this season for sure. All right. Well, Howard, thanks again for coming on. I will see you Saturday night on our Wager Alarm live stream when we make our picks live on the Wager Alarm channel. Thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Craig. Always All right, that's Howard Bender, Wager Alarm, wageralarm.com. Follow him on Twitter, at RotoBuzzGuy. I, of course, am Craig Mish. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. we got Fantasy or Reality coming up next. We'll also wrap up the week with a little Sports Grid 60. So make sure you stay on the grid. Joe Pizzapia and I will be back in just two minutes. Don't go away. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. we got Fantasy Reality coming up. Also a preview of the World Series. Just a couple of quick news and notes as we end the show today for fantasy football enthusiasts. Uh, Looks like Austin Hooper is going to miss a couple of weeks. He had surgery for appendicitis, so wish him a speedy recovery, but certainly that's more than a one-week injury, so we'll keep an eye on that. Also, Aaron Jones running back of the Packers missed practice today. We'll have to follow what happens on Saturday, really, to make a determination, and you guys should as well if you're thinking about playing Aaron Jones in what would be a really good matchup, potentially Jamal Williams. But as we wrap up the show in the last 20 minutes, we're not going to, we're probably not going to have clarity on that. So follow this weekend, stay here on the grid. We'll give you the latest on everything going on with him. Okay, Joe, let's go back to the world series real quick. We got game three coming up tonight and there's no doubt that all eyes will be on the two starting pitchers. So let's talk about them a little bit. And first let's hear from the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays in Kevin Cash who talked about exactly what Charlie Morton has been bringing to the table, both on and off the field the last couple of years. Just his overall demeanor, the way, I mean, you've seen him now, you've covered him for two years. Uh, He's the same guy, whether it's game seven or or game 30. Um, And that's pretty comforting. And I think what, it's not just what Charlie does for himself. It's what he does for our club. It's pretty settling. Um, And, you know, We've seen it every out, every outing we've given him the ball in the postseason for the last two years. He's been pretty outstanding. Uh, and when you build that type of a track record, you just continue to have so much confidence in the, the person. The stuff speaks for itself. And what he did in game seven, um, you know, I think all season long, it was a little bit of a struggle for Charlie to maintain his stuff deep in games. Um, you know, through 70 pitches or whatever it was, the stuff never wavered. Uh, and that gives us a lot of re- reason to feel positive that he's going to be able to go out there uh, and give us every opportunity to win. 
And Joe, I think that's what Tampa Bay is counting on because in general, they've been pulling their starters pretty early. Glass now at this point, we're not sure if he'll go deep, if he'll go, if he'll be pulled after a couple innings in his next start. But this is the one guy that you know, Joe, that they would love to see Morton throw at least five innings tonight. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And he's certainly capable of that. I mean, he looked so good in that last start. And I know health has been an issue for Morton this year at times. And uh, I know this is kind of wrapping up a career for him. So in my opinion, this is it. I mean, <laughs> if you can't get two more games out of Charlie Morton, let him go here, especially if he does indeed call it a career. He's talked about retiring at the end of this contract here that he's got. I would let him in this game as long as he felt good and as long as he looked good. And I know it is not necessarily the Tampa way because they like to go to that bullpen early and often. But if Charlie Morton is throwing anything like he was in the last time we saw him, I would let him go as long as he could. And also tonight there will be fans in the stands, not clearly as many as there normally would be in a World Series scenario, but the starting pitcher for the Dodgers, Walker Buehler, said, doesn't matter if they're fans or not, the World Series trophy still means the same thing. It feels like a World Series. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, it, at the end of the day, somebody's going to win four of these seven games and hold up a trophy that says they're the best team in the world. And, and I don't think anyone in the seat, anyone in the seats, not in the seats, I don't think that changes that. Joe, I think at the end of the year, we'll always look back and remember this baseball season for being shortened. But the one thing that's been encouraging to me is yeah, from our perspective in fantasy, it's hard to get a beat on it. But in reality, mm. you don't really hear a lot of anyone saying it's a fake World Series or there's an yeah. asterisk by it. And and I and I think that Bueller's comments are right. Whoever wins the World Series, I think will be viewed as the 2020 champion with no asterisk, no caveat. I 100% agree. And I think 2020 has taught us to just be grateful for what you have. And if you have a World Series, just be grateful. Don't pull it apart and don't crap on it and saying it's not legitimate. It's an illegitimate World Series because there's only 60 games. No, this is what we have. All you can do is with the time you were given, do good things. And look, they played the season. They finished it. They played the playoffs. We're at the World Series. We did it. We got here. And I know you shouldn't take too much out of a start, but Walker Buehler also had some injuries this year. And Walker Buehler was up and down at times. And I know I don't want to take too much out of tonight. However, it would go a long way with me for his value next year in the Black Book for Walker Buehler to go out there and throw six shutout innings tonight. It just would. I mean, I know I shouldn't say that. I know it sounds kind of silly. But for me, the game log of Walker Buehler has been a little perplexing this year. So I'd like to see him go out there and look like the dominant guy that I thought he was going to be in this year. And I can't really hang on Walker Bueller besides the injury he had anything because it was such a weird season for everyone. So it's really difficult to get a beat on guys for 2021. And we'll be back here Monday with our recap of game five of the World Series. We'll see where we're at after that point. Okay, mm -hmm. let's go to a little fantasy reality as we close things out for today. And the Chicago Bulls won a number of championships, of course. And right now, uh, John Caps, who was a security guard, uh, ended up selling his rings that he won with the with the team, and again, they you know, every everyone in the organization gets rings. It's the way it works. I like that idea. I think it's cool. Two hundred fifty five thousand mm -hmm. dollars is what it went for auction, Joe. The six rings of the Chicago Bulls. So we're going to ask the fantasy or reality question today. You would buy a championship ring. Is that fantasy or reality? <laughs> well, I can tell you this: the collection of rings is far more impressive than this graphic of ring head over here. Um, and they are really cool looking all together. Like those six rings and kind of, I don't know, remembering a dynasty is pretty cool. Uh, I'm not a big jewelry guy. As you can see, 
you know, no rings here, no necklaces, not even a watch. I mean, I know it's kind of weird being an Italian from Brooklyn, not being a jewelry guy. You would think the opposite would be true. I'm just not. So, no, if I had a lot of expendable cash, I probably wouldn't spend it on rings. Although the Patriots six rings would be tempting. If I get a collection of those, I can understand it. But I don't know. I actually am surprised they went for 250 grand. I would have thought they would have gone for more. Craig, what about you? Are you a ring guy? No, not really. You know, in the past, I've seen when players have liquidated their their awards. I've clicked Mm -hmm. it. Like, I've seen, wow, it would be cool to have the MVP trophy. It'd be cool to have the Rookie of the Mm -hmm. Year trophy. Like, those are some things that I said to myself, okay, if I just, like, had all this disposable income and didn't care, maybe I would buy one of those, and it would be a really good talking piece in the house. I mean, that's, that's for sure. But as far as buying a championship ring, remember the name of the person is going to be on there, on that ring. And while I have tried on championship rings from players before, uh, you know, Marlins World Series 2003 Super Bowl rings, I, I, I remember trying them on and putting them on. They're really cool, but, you know, I didn't win it. So I don't know that it would feel the same. So specific to the ring question, Joe, it would be a fantasy for me. I wouldn't buy one. But I got to tell you, I have looked at different liquidated major league baseball player memorabilia uh items before i have looked at that mm-hmm. so the, the answer yeah, is yeah i can answer. understand it's kind of weird having an, a, an award with someone else's name on it the ring with someone else's name on it on the side or engraved inside that's so different but you know it says mvp of the american league now if you could change it to say craig mish that's kind of cool or maybe get a little you know thing to go over it maybe just a little uh well, side plaque, maybe take it to Things Remembered in the mall. Got to get that done for you a little bit. Things Remembered. Oh, is that still around? Remember that? Okay, so. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but probably not. If, if I said, if, no, you, you're telling me you would, if, if someone was to come to your house, knock on your door, and now again, it would cost money, and I don't know what the number would be, but hypothetically speaking, you wouldn't want to put Dwight Gooden's Rookie of the Year or Cy Young Award in your house? You wouldn't be interested in I, having I, that? I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. I know you are a memorabilia guy. No, maybe that's why. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and you know what? It's something now. If you ask me that, when I, uh, you know, twelve-year-old Joe is saying, "Just take all my money." Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know. Material things for me over the years have kind of fell by the wayside. I'm more about those things that are that are a little bit more like I remember, like a ticket stub from a game, like when my parents took me that I saw the Mets win. Uh, in 1988, and I saw them clinch, right? That has more value to me because it's like a personal connection. And and that's like memorabilia for me that I actually value, whereas I understand there's more value in the Dwight Good Rookie of the Year, and that would be cool to have. But yeah, it's it's I understand why, but for me, it's, it's a pass, unfortunately. I would take the money and use it elsewhere. All right, Sorry, let's move guys. on. I'm boring. That's okay. Let's move on to Mookie Betts and a really good story in the Los Angeles Times, Joe, about... Uh, his parents and how they brought him up. And certainly you can expand on that if you like. But uh, one of the people involved in this certainly is Diana Collins. And, uh, and Joe, I guess we'll have to expand on this article a little bit to make it clear why we've used this. But fantasy reality, Diana Collins is the best baseball coach in the world. <laughs> I don't know. She, she's definitely up there. I mean, what, what a woman. Uh, and I read this article while you were working hard here on the show, talking with Howard Bender about the lines. I was reading about her and uh, the discipline that she instilled in him. And she was a softball player and a bowler and a couple other things, too. Quite an athlete. Uh, Mookie's parents were divorced very young, but they stuck together in terms of raising him, which I think is really important as a divorced parent myself. So uh, I think it's great. And, and I think sometimes we don't hear enough of the 
mother son stories when it comes to baseball. Look, I, every day I'd be waiting for my dad to play catch with me. We'd have a ballpark. It was actually uh, it was a playground baseball field about two blocks where I grew up in Brooklyn. I'd wait for my dad, and but my mom was the one playing catch with me during the day. So shout out to all the moms out there and that story about him and the travel ball team and not making it. Could you imagine if Mookie Betts gave up on baseball? What a sad state of affairs that would be. Yeah, I'll say uh, I'll say unknown here with fantasy reality because I'm not really <laughs> sure one way or the other. Uh, I'll say unclear, which is the first time on fantasy reality I've ever not said fantasy or reality, just because I don't know enough about it other than reading the story to know. But it definitely is a great story and worth worth noting today for sure. You can catch that article over at latimes.com. Okay, let's close it out here with our third question. The Big Ten is back tonight and back tomorrow. We're going to have college football games played with Penn State and Wisconsin and Illinois and Michigan and Ohio State and everybody else in the conference. Fantasy or reality, the Big Ten will have a team in the college football Final Four, college football playoff, fantasy or reality? I'll say reality because I think it's good for college football and it's not just all SEC. And uh, there's been some spotty moments here with some of these teams that we have some pretty high opinions of to start. And yet again, it's 2020. So yet again, it's very difficult here. The preparation has been different. The offseason has been different. The in-game has been different. Everything's been different. So what are we looking at here? And we're looking at, I probably guess, Ohio State. I mean, they've got the quarterback. That seems to be the narrative. They were the team in the mix last year. They got their doors blown off last year. But I think it's kind of good for college football to have one of the four teams in the playoff not be from the SEC. So I'm going to say reality, but you are far more, I would say, qualified to answer this question than I am. So what do you think? Fantasy reality, the Big Ten will have a team in the college football playoff again in 20, I guess, 21 is more specific. Right. Yeah, I would have guessed before this that they would have. And even seeing the teams at the top right now. I'm going to say there's a really good shot of this happening. Alabama thus far and Clemson have been the class of college football, but LSU probably not going to be in the mix. Georgia's already lost right. to Alabama. Florida already has a loss to Texas A&M. So, look, the Big Ten's only playing their conference, and that gives them a little bit, honestly, of an advantage of starting a little bit later. They haven't had to endure any losses. Uh, it will come down to Michigan-Ohio State, like it always does. And in this case... Provided that one of those teams doesn't lose up until that point, I think the winner of that is going to head toward the college football playoff. My guess it would be Ohio State because they've beaten Michigan like 10 years in a row, mm. whatever it is. But I, I would guess yes. I would guess they Do would get one team in the Final Four. Are you surprised at the precipitation of the drop-off from LSU year over year without Burrow and some of the other pieces that left? I mean, that's that's quite a drop-off, it feels like. It, 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 the, the one thing that's happened that's that's changed significantly in college football, maybe more than any of the other sports, is the home field advantage is completely gone. So I don't know that that's you – and that, and that, to me, is the biggest part of college football is having that home field advantage. LSU on a Saturday night, they'll never lose, right? Sure. And now right. this year they do. So uh, it, it's just a different year, and, and college football will not be looked at any differently, just like Major League Baseball in terms of their championship. But – Alabama and Clemson look just so much better than everybody else mm -hmm. that I'm not even sure that it matters who's the fourth team in the college football playoff. <laughs> now, Ohio State could easily be the three and easily beat one of those other two teams. They have the talent mm -hmm. to do it. But I have a feeling we're going to be talking about some wild team getting in this year that we don't expect because Oklahoma doesn't look like they have the goods and they're going to get smashed by whoever they play. We'll wrap it all up. Next, here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't forget, coming up on Sunday, you can catch Joe on game day morning right here on SportsGrid getting you ready for the fantasy football day. And as a matter of fact, I actually will be working a little bit this weekend on Sports Grid as well. First time in a while on the weekend. I'll be helping out uh, Jared on Saturday on in-game live. So you can catch me uh, going over some of the college football games on Saturday. So make sure you stay tuned all weekend long here to Sports Grid. I'll be here Saturday. Joe will be here on Sunday. And then the two of us will be back here again on Monday. All right, Joe, let's end it with the Sports Grid 60. What's on your mind today? Who had Craig Mish working on the weekend on their 2020 bingo card? I did not. I was not ready for that one. Look at that. (laughs) All right. So, Eagles fans, I know it wasn't pretty yesterday, but a win is a win is a win, and it's better than a tie, and you got to win. And the good news is Carson Wentz showed you why you were excited about him a couple years ago. Some of those throws last night were incredible. The dude is a good quarterback. The guy is working at an incredible deficit. This is a terrible offensive line. Lane Johnson is not healthy, even though he is suited up. Please, Eagles, front office, do a better job next year protecting this asset because we saw some Jalen Hurts yesterday. It was not that impressive. Carson Wentz is your guy. Carson Wentz is your best bet. He is your franchise. Do not give up on him. I know it's easy to give up with such a terrible year and so many injuries, but please, I'm telling you, Carson Wentz is the goods. Just protect your assets. All right. The uh, NBA is in discussions to start back up their season, according to ESPN, on Christmas Day. So that's a, a nice start for basically the 2000. 2021 NBA season, but I I think the question has to be asked, and without really going deep into politics, why in the world the NBA Finals ratings were so far down? You had all the narratives you could possibly ask for. You had LeBron James going against his former team in the Miami Heat. You had LeBron James and the Lakers winning an NBA championship, but somehow Major League Baseball's American League and National Championship Series ended up outrating that game. NBA's got to figure out what the reason for that is, whether it is politics or no fans or the games being in one spot. I don't know the answer. That's something the NBA is definitely going to have to deal with this coming season. Thanks again for watching this week. Appreciate it. The guys at LTN, Danny, Brett, my co-host Joe Pizapia. I'm Craig Mish. Have a great weekend, everybody. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.